to all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We're three Disney fangirls who probably know more about Disney parks than most grown women should, and we're perfectly okay with that. For sure. You know it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at RealMouseWifeWDW. Hey y'all, I'm Patty from NoGuiltDisney.com and no Guilt Travel, which is a travel agency that specializes in Disney and run Disney and Universal Vacations, which, you know, Universal's going to be open. I'm just going to slip this into the No Guilt Disney podcast here and say, uh, Universal's opening June 5th, guys, June 5th. How wild is that? Uh, anywho, <laughs> you can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life. This week, Our episode comes from The Inbox, which is kind of exciting. It is. Um, Thank you to everyone for writing in. We love it. It makes me happy that I did not have to learn our email address in vain. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so proud of you every single time. Thanks, guys. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> you can you can always find us on our social handles that we just mentioned and in the No Guilt Disney Facebook group. But the email address, sending us a message there is also a very easy way to reach us. And Jane, since you've been practicing, can you tell everybody what that email address is? It is noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. Good job. Good job. All right. Uh, so this one comes from Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Uh, Kelly sent in this request, and her email is so nice. I'm just going to read the whole thing uh, to you. I recently found your podcast, and I just love it. It gives me my Disney fix in between trips. Girl, same. I know, like me too. (laughs) Kelly goes on to say, right now, my family of six is only able to go to Disney World every three years. We are trying to work our way to a trip every other year, and then eventually to every year. Hashtag goals. I get it, Kelly. Let's do this. Uh, Because we can't go as often, we always feel like we have to pack our days at the park from the moment it opens until the park closes. It's fun, but it gets to be very tiring. Plus, I feel like we miss out on a lot of wonderful ambiance of the parks. So my question is, what are some tips that you can give to us on how we can enjoy Disney World at a slower pace, but still feel like we are getting the full experience? We've thought about trying to take a day break to just enjoy the resorts. Uh, Also, we thought about planning a tour or a class for our kids so that my husband and I can enjoy the park for a few hours. Thank you, Kelly. All right, Kelly. First of all, (laughs) I used to be that super commando uh, park goer here, uh, just like that. And uh, that's how I describe people who do this, um, just park commandos like you're just go 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 right and I wear that badge with honor I am not ashamed to admit that but my family does not (laughs) my family got totally burned out by the ways that I would try to pack things into these trips and it was heartbreaking to me Uh, when we lived in Arizona we were close enough to to make Disneyland a semi-regular occurrence like we could go a couple of times a year and I just I completely remember the time I said, hey guys, we're going to go to Disneyland this weekend. And they groaned and said, do we have to? Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. They're fired. Basically, basically. Honestly, I don't know how you still kept them. (laughs) Uh, You know, mm -hmm. Um, 
it was at that point that I was a little heartbroken, but I also had to kind of dial back and try to figure out why they felt that way. And it was essentially that they always felt they were like, we need a vacation after our vacation with you, mom, because you just, you make us get up so early and then you make us stay so late. And I'm like, but do you know how much it costs to go to this thing? I want you to like, you know, get every single second of magic that you can pack into your little bodies. And it was turning out to not be so magical for them. Uh, so at that point, that's actually when they stopped going. And I went on a lot of trips by myself, which either makes me the best mom because I was listening to my family's needs <laughs> or the worst mom because I went anyway. I don't know. You can decide. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get that. And, and teens do not like to rope drop. So as your kids get older, also parents out there, it's so hard getting them up and going. Uh, the last trip that we took to Walt Disney World together was a complete and total bomb. Everybody loved the hotel. We were staying at the Yacht Club. Nobody wanted to leave it. Nobody wanted to leave it. I was like, we drove 12 hours to hang out in a hotel. Like we could have done that locally. Why did we have to come here? Because um, to me, obviously the, the allure is the parks, but not so much to them. And as they're getting older, that's kind of where their interest is, is going right now. Um, hmm, so it's a problem. But we did come up with some ideas and some ways maybe to to get around planning. Still be commando, but maybe do it in a slightly sneakier way so it doesn't feel so commando, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was similar to you where when I... I had a large gap between trips from my first trip to my second one. But once I started going back to the parks... I think so much of it was because I didn't know when I was going to get to go again. And Disney does frequently change either their, they change the attractions that they have, they change some of the entertainment. So I always wanted to, you know, get there as soon as the park opened, stay until it closed to fit in as much as I could, because I, I wanted to make sure I get to see everything I want in case it's not there the next time. And gradually I've been able to increase how frequently I go to the point where I'm an annual pass holder now. So instead of having these these week-long, really extensive trips, I'm going for long weekends here and there. And because I know I'm like, oh, I've got the annual pass, I'll be able to get back. I that pressure kind of goes down. And even though, you know, with this this situation with Kelly, it doesn't sound like she's not not jumping ahead to that just yet. Um, I think going going into this with the intention of we'll be able to, you know, increase how frequently we're gonna be able to go, that does that alone takes some of the pressure off in terms of feeling like you have to do everything every single time you're visiting Disney. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it definitely does. I know I'm local now. And so I obviously take things at a bit slower pace than uh, most people that are coming here on vacations and have limited time. But there was a time where I didn't live here. And um, growing up, we were very commando. But uh, my mom she had tips and tricks that she used, which I'll share with you guys, um, in order to sort of like maximize the trip and what we saw, but also get in some relaxation time. Probably also because I was an absolute brat as a child. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I as, as a child, as a child then? <laughs> really? No, I would have never guessed. I was being nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my moment. <laughs> Look, it's been a day here and I'm taking it out on you guys, okay? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, but, you know, she understood that, like, if I went, you know, four days from 
park open to park closed, then like I was going to be an absolute beast. And when I say that, I'm talking about like at 14, you know, I'm like, I know, you know, Patty, like, it's just, it's a lot. So, um, you know, I learned a lot of tips then. And obviously I've adjusted as my life has changed um, and my relationship has changed with Disney. But I think we, between the three of us, we have some really good tips for Kelly and honestly for everybody else that's taking any trip. I think, I think we've got some good tips today. Definitely. I'm also, side note, super excited that we got a little Peggy Sue coming at us. Uh, that we get to include her in, in a way. Um, I do wish she was here to tell us all about you, Jane, <clears throat> as a 14-year-old, because I'm sure it was a delight. She would tell you that I was absolutely delightful and I was such a good kid, which the truth is, for the most part, I was. But not shocking. You know, I'm a bit sassy and opinionated and (laughs) that didn't start in my adulthood all right who wants to give their first choice uh first good tip to kind of slow down and not be so commando all right i will start so i know all three of us kind of have some tips on resorts and things like that i will say um something that came up in our facebook group which if you're not in it come join us no guilt disney um Someone had mentioned to stay on the Skyliner Resort, and I'm going to go ahead and elaborate and expand on this. If you can. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was Candace. And she, yeah, and she threw out, and then you immediately jumped in and said, oh, yes, this is my favorite. I'm telling this story. So go for it. It Tell us why. A Skyliner Resort is so amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So the great thing about the Skyliner Resorts is that, um, first of all, there's multiple options. So there's a value option. You can stay at Pop, Art of Animation, Caribbean Beach, Riviera. And honestly, it drops you off at Yacht and Beach and Boardwalk. uh, Boardwalk. Boardwalk? Yeah, Boardwalk. So there's a lot of um, hotels that are within reach of the Skyliner. but It is so fast. It connects you to two parks, not just one. So you're able to reach Hollywood Studios and Epcot. So if those are two parks that you know that you're going to frequent, it's a great way to get back and forth between them. It's really fast to get on. So I know um, part of this tip is also if you're a Magic Kingdom lover, obviously, if you can stay at the monorail resort, stay there. That makes it really easy. But you know how sometimes you'll be waiting for a monorail and it's, 10 or 15 minutes before it comes through and then you kind of have to stop a million places. Skyliner doesn't do that. Even when there's a line, that line moves so fast. You're on the Skyliner within five minutes and you're just cruising over. So I think like the total time to get from Hollywood Studios to Epcot, which is a full, you know, ride from one end to the other. And that includes a transfer because there's a transfer station the whole ride is like a max 15 minutes. So it's really fast. I've stayed at Riviera and was able to get up in the morning, bounce over to Hollywood Studios, get my um, boarding group for Rise of the Resistance, go back to my hotel, shower, change, eat breakfast, hang out, spend a little time, go to another park, do all these things before I came back over. We didn't even, the morning we went in to get our our boarding passes, we woke up like a half an hour before we had to be there. We didn't even, we basically got up, brushed our teeth and like went over in our pajamas because it's so easy to do. 
So I highly recommend the Skyliner, um, the monorail. If you know you're going to spend a ton of time in Magic Kingdom and you can do it, monorail resorts are really good. Um, I do recommend on there, the Contemporary, because you can also walk over to Magic Kingdom. And I think that that's super key, but really it kind of ties back into try to spend less time on transportation. <laughs> yeah. And to add on to that, um, I know some people, this seems to be a love it or hate it decision, but another option would be to rent a car while you're there. I I would not be someone who wants to spend my time driving around Disney. Uh, that's just a personal, my personal preference. I don't love to be the one driving. Someone else is driving. That's great. <laughs> but I think because we mentioned that, um, you know, with the monorail, you're sometimes waiting. And if you've ever had to wait for Disney buses, they can be even more inconsistent. And then you're packed on with so many people, especially at the beginning and the end of the day. If you have the ability to, to rent a car to take you around Disney, that can also, you know, save the time that you have to build into your schedule for waiting around for transportation. And that can, again, take some of the pressure off because you don't feel like, oh, we the, we missed the bus. We're waiting another half hour. Now that cuts into our time to do these other things. Yeah, one of my favorite Disney-isms, if you will, is saying, you know, time is money. And therefore, if you can save up enough money to save you a little time by staying at a monorail resort or staying at a uh, Skyliner resort now or renting a car, all those things take a little bit more money, fully, completely aware of it. Uh, But if you can do that, you can maximize your time as we've just laid out and it just explained. I used to be a huge, huge, huge fan of the buses. I thought they were the the best thing since sliced bread. I still do really enjoy them until I paid attention to just how much time it can eat up in your day. They, they tell you if you're planning to go from park to park for like a dinner reservation or um, from one park to a uh, resort for a breakfast reservation or whatever it is that you're, you know, you're going to eat or you're going to go have a dining. The, 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 the standard answer is to plan 90 minutes to two hours for transportation using Disney transportation. Think about that, guys. That's a lot of time that you are not getting the magic. (laughs) You are not feeling uh, all of those awesome and amazing feels that we want to have. So that I I completely agree with with both of you two that those three options are great ways to do it. Um, If it means you've got to save up a little bit longer for that next trip so that you can budget that in, I get that as well. Nobody likes that. It's no fun hate talking about money in that way. However, I am a huge, like the, the very first time I, I we stayed at a monorail resort, I was like, oh, that's it. Monorail or boardwalk. Like those are my two options. Those are the two places I want to stay unless I'm going to rent a car. I have a couple of reservations for the All-Stars and I like the All-Stars. I have nothing against the All-Stars or Pop Century. I enjoy the value resorts, but I'm adding in, factoring in the cost difference of putting a car to that. And now that you have to pay for parking, again, that adds more money. So at that point, maybe it would just be better to stay somewhere else. But uh, but I think those are all really important points to make uh, when we're talking about kind of maximizing your magic and what those tips can be. Nobody wants to hear pay more, but uh, you know, if you're going once every three years or even once every other year, it really might be worth it. 
Another suggestion that was given, which we do this, and especially when my kids were little, I thought it was the, the best thing in the world, was book a character meal. And I personally like the early morning character meals that get you into the park early um, because you're not going to waste time standing in line trying to get character autographs or get pictures or whatever. You can maximize and get a whole bunch of characters at one time. So one of my favorites, I absolutely love going to Garden Grill at Epcot before it opens. Oh, if you can, the, the cinnamon buns, the mm-hmm. so good, it's so good, so good. Uh, so are the I think they're called barrel rolls there. Yes, but, you know, basically, um, uh, they're so good. The, the potatoes, uh, but anyway, I, I like that because the characters are fresh and they're fun. They will actually spend a lot of time with you, also because there's not that many people in the restaurant that early in the morning. You get to walk into Epcot like you own the place because nobody is around you. I had one of the best times. We had a character meal early for Garden Grill. And the only kid, again, this goes back to that, my, my most recent experience with my family, where nobody wanted to get up. Nobody wanted to do a rope drop except for Lucy. Lucy's like, I'm going. Let's go. We walked in. We had Epcot completely to ourselves. She was running around that place like she owned it. And uh, we went in. We ate. We had great character interaction. We had great pictures. And then we finished and paid our bill in just enough time to get downstairs. And I think we were the third people walking in to get on Soren. Like that also can factor into your park planning, guys, if you can if you can figure out some tips and tricks there. Uh, so that's one example. Um, another place I really like to eat outside of the parks is uh, 1900 Park Fair. I think they have a great smattering of characters in the morning for, for breakfast. It's a great option. And then you just hop right on the monorail and you head into Magic Kingdom afterwards. So you're, you're right there. Uh, that's that's what we like to do if you're a character person. You also have uh, Chef Mickey's, which is right on the monorail at the Contemporary Resort as well. You can knock out your Fab Five right there in one meal. And then you don't have to waste a Fast Pass or stand in line later in the day to meet some of those characters. And you can walk over to Magic Kingdom. I'm a big fan of the walking from the contemporary to Magic Kingdom. <laughs> same, 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 same. It's a, yeah, it's a little 10 minute walk. You also have your, like a private um, security yep. when you go that way, which is really nice. <laughs> so uh, I'm a fan of that as well. <laughs> yeah, I think dining in general, just um, it opens up a lot of, it, it, it makes scheduled downtime. So, you know, you know that you have that hour or two hours of the day, it'll kind of like take a break. So it's great if you are going to try to pack in all the attractions all day long, it's great to just have that scheduled downtime. But um, it's a great way to see other resorts. So, you know, not only just by going and doing the characters, but you know, if you know that you would really like to go see the Animal Kingdom Resort, then make a reservation for Boma. And then it has the best, one of the best breakfasts on property, but that's for another podcast. And it'll force you to go outside your comfort zone and see something that you may otherwise not have seen. So um, I highly recommend booking dining at another resort and um, hopefully you have a car or are staying in a place where you can connect pretty quickly to get there. Actually, you know, to tie into not just booking a, a dining at another resort, 
But going to visit other resorts is another way to kind of take in the Disney ambiance because these resorts are so meticulously planned out and put together and well done that even if if you can't, if your budget doesn't allow you or you just don't want to spend your money in that way, and I get that too, if you don't want to stay like on the monorail resorts, it's still a fun experience to go and see what the ambiance is there and see what they offer and what they have for guests uh, that are there. And you don't even have to be a guest to go do those things. You do have to be a guest to use their pools. So you cannot pool hop, Um, but you are certainly welcome to come and experience the grounds and walk around it. And like the monorail is a perfect place to go do that. You can get three resorts in just by looking around. Boardwalk is another fun location to check out. Skyliner. I was say even yeah. the Skyliner resorts because then you get Skyliner resorts. I think any way you do it, you get such a big variety of different resorts and each one has their weekly schedule of activities and there are things for adults. There are things mm-hmm. for kids. I know because you mentioned Animal Kingdom, they have a food related tour that kind of takes you through each of the restaurants there sometimes they include samples of those restaurants um, but they do have arts and crafts activities for kids a lot of the resorts in the evening will have movie nights uh that the that you know anybody can attend so i think like you were saying uh getting a chance to check out these resorts whether you're staying there or not there are so many things that you can do and so even regardless of the age of someone because some of the the younger kids may not be as excited about you know oh look 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 at this amazing theming and architecture uh i think there's there's activities for them to get excited about going Oh, for sure. And and another uh, resort that I just have to call out uh, is uh, the Fort Wilderness Resort. If you have not made it to the fort yet, you need to put this on your list of places to hang out. And you can get, I actually, I love staying there. We've, we stayed there once as a family and it still ranks. My kids still talk about it all the time and loved everything about it from the, riding around in the golf carts to our little private cabin that we had. Uh, I liked the feeling of decompression. Like we would go, 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 go hard into the parks and then we'd come out and we had like a secondary level of vacation by also having kind of this campground feel of being in the wilderness. It's so quiet. It's so peaceful. But guys, it's like a little boat ride across the, you know, across the bay, across the lake from, um, from Magic Kingdom. It's, it's not far at all. It was really, really convenient cannot say enough about the fort there's uh, a a s'mores firework uh, i'm sorry s'mores fire pit kind of thing that you can do together with chip and dale there's movies there's horseback riding there's uh like for nine bucks you can rent bikes and ride bikes around out there there's boats there's kayaks i mean it, it it's just got so much so if you kind of want to like if you're a camping type family and you like all of that stuff, or you are more like how we are, we're a, a glamping type family. We don't really like to pitch a tent and camp out on the ground. But if you give us an air conditioned <laughs> with running water cabin, we're totally down for that feel of being out in the rustic um, world. But you kind of get two vacations in one. It's a really, it's, it's really great. And I, I can't believe more people don't try to stay at the cabins. I just think the cabins are such a, delightful location and experience. So that's another way that you can pack in your magic by also kind of picking and choosing where you stay 
uh, with some of these thoughts in mind. And maybe some of the reasons that we've given you have opened up some other thoughts or other suggestions or other ideas that you hadn't really put put some thought into staying there yet. But hopefully we're telling you why we think those are good locations to do. And that might might tip the scales in a different location or a different different way for you. Uh, to get a little bit different type of experience. Going hand in hand with where you stay and how you can um, use that to your advantage. One of the tips that we used to do, um, and this was from my mother, um, growing up, we used to come down a lot, but you know, we weren't always coming down and staying at the deluxe resort for a bajillion years. Um, But what we would do is mom would try to get really extended vacations, um, mostly because I was a brat and I needed to sleep and take naps and things. Um, But what she would do is she would say, have us stay off property. I can't believe I'm going to tell people to stay off property. We all know what a snob I am, but she would have us stay off property for like, let's say three or four days at the beginning of a trip. And then we would check in on Disney property and kind of slow down the trip. So we would stay at, you know, say a Marriott or a Hilton or whatever, and she would get a much better rate off property, but we would spend those days coming and just going from park open, rope drop to fireworks. Uh, maybe we'd go back to like take a mid-afternoon nap. Sometimes we wouldn't. But then once we checked in on Disney property, the vacation started to have a different feel. So then she also felt like we got our money's worth, um, you know, out of our tickets and making sure we saw everything. But then we also got a little bit of that relaxation piece because, you know, she also didn't want to feel like when we came off of vacation that she needed a vacation from the vacation. Um, so I <laughs> love that tip. I um, am fortunate enough not to have to live that way. But <laughs> Um, but I think it's a great one. It's kind of the tip that I've been taking into account over the last couple of trips is that I plan uh, a couple of days at Jane's house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I move on property for the races. But, you know, I mean, I, I that way I can cut my costs a little bit and stay a little bit longer. Thanks, Jane. You're welcome. <laughs> well, especially if you, if you have a bigger family and need more space, even if it's not a hotel, like there are rental properties that you can stay at in the Disney area. I think there's also uh, the Disney Springs hotels are, you know, a lot of them you can walk right over to Disney Springs from there. So it's still, it's off property, but it's still close enough that you don't feel like you're, you're missing out on the entire Disney experience by not staying directly there. Yeah. And honestly, the, when you're staying either um, at the, Disney Springs hotels, those right there, or even if you're just right outside on some of the hotels that are on 535 and um, Palm Parkway over there. Guys, this whole area is about Disney. So even if you're two minutes outside, it's still Disney. Like when I drive around, it's tourist country. So it's not really going to take away that much if you stay off property for a couple of days. But if that helps you to afford the car rental or can help you to stay for an extra couple of days and relax and get more enjoyment, then do it. Yep. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yep. 
Yeah, especially because, you know, Kelly mentions she's trying to increase the frequency of her trips. But if she's not able to do that just yet, I think being able to to add an extra day here or there, it helps you spread out everything that you're trying to do. So you don't feel like you're coming and going, you know, with that much pressure. So again, if yeah, if staying off property allows you to do that, whether it's for your entire trip or a portion of it, that could be a really helpful way to make you feel like, you know, your vacation isn't about, you know, jumping in one line to the next or going from one place to another. You'll actually be able to to enjoy your time a little bit more. Yeah. For sure. And then I am also a huge fan of taking up that break in the middle of the day. Trust me, I don't want to um, give up a second of the parks if I don't have to. But I also know um, that my kids and myself, <laughs> all right, it's really mostly me. I need that break in the middle of the day. Uh, so I don't turn into a big brat by the afternoon and the evening. And so if you aren't planning breaks in the middle of the day, that's something I would highly encourage. And it's much easier to do that if you are staying on property. I, I just really think, again, that goes into the time is money situation. However, if you're staying really close by and you have a car, there's absolutely no question in my mind that you can get back and forth quicker from the, you know, even going out to the parking lot, getting in the car and then driving someplace. Sometimes that can be a lot faster than Disney than Disney transportation. So again, time is money, depending on where you're staying, keep that in mind. But taking the break, going to the pool, hanging out, all of the Disney resorts have amazing pools. There's a lot of amazing pool options in Orlando at all of these, uh, at, well, not all of them, but at, at a lot of the, the resorts that you can go to. But if you can stay at, uh, stay at a resort that has a nice pool that you can hang out with for a little bit, that can pay off in dividends for just giving you a small breather and giving you a little break. I actually like a good nap in the middle of the day. I always have. And thankfully my kids will now like crash down for a little bit still. Uh, I think it's the Florida heat and humidity that just like <laughs> sucks it all out of us. Sure so does. Even as, <laughs> I mean, even as teens, they will still, they will still take those naps as, but it, but it has to be like almost an enforced, like everybody put your phones down and you have one hour to not to either stare at the walls and do nothing or to take a nap and they all end up falling asleep. It, it, it works guys. You just got to take the devices away. Oh, but yeah, that's, that's another thing. And uh, Anna mentioned that as well, as far as in the Facebook group, Anna said also that not only just to take a, a you know, a, a pause in the middle of the day and take, give yourself a little bit of time, but she's also saying maybe take a whole day between park visits, like go to the park for two days, solid days, and then have a whole day where you're not going into the parks. And if you choose to do that, like we have mentioned, and we're obviously big passionate fans about, so many resorts have so many options. You will not be bored. It's not going to be just sitting in your hotel room. The resorts themselves have all kinds of activities and things for kids and adults to do. And there's going to be something that's going to keep you guys busy and happy and Getting that little extra Disney touch that you don't get when you're staying at, no offense, Marriott or Hyatt or Hilton, I love you all, but you don't get those when you're staying there for the most part. No, I agree. And as we're talking, I'm like, I feel like we need to do an in-depth of every resort and like what it offers and because there really is, there's so much that, mm -hmm. you know, we can't just give a high level and explain to you 
how much some of these other resorts offer. And I think a lot of times, you know, if you are coming down and buying your tickets and just go, go, going, you may not even know that the resort you're staying at offers some of these things. So for sure, um, for sure. I think I know we didn't. I know that first trip that we went to Fort Wilderness, it wasn't until we left that I was like, wait a minute, there were stables here? How can we not say the stables? Oh, yeah. like, I mean, there, there was just a lot of stuff that you you overlook and you don't see um, unless you, you know, take a pause and, and pay attention to it and ask, stop and ask any cast member in the lobby and they'll point you in the right direction as to where the list is or where the board is that says what is planned at your resort or out by the pool. There's games for kids sometimes. You know, I know that I've seen like trivia nights at some places. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, tons of ways. So that's another, you know, option. But even just taking a half a day or a whole day out of the parks can reset you and make those last couple of days that you are going back into the parks like powerhouse days. You know, you can just, you got you to recharge that battery though. <laughs> yep. And so we've talked a lot about of things external to the parks to, to you know, maximize your time or to slow things down. Uh, so I wanted to give a suggestion to once you, once you get into the park, how you can do that. And I think a lot of the times, because uh, it was even mentioned, you know, she felt like she was missing out on some of the ambiance that's around mm-hmm. Disney. And I think a lot of times if you're, if you were like me and the type of person who's trying to fill their days at Disney, it was mostly filled with attractions. So some of it was time waiting in line. So it was trying to hit all these, these big name things to feel like, okay, now, now I've done, I've done Disney. Uh, so I think there's so many, so many things. If you kind of look through the list of all the attractions and entertainment that you've never done before, a lot of that does tend to be those things that, you know, like maybe the, the walking trails in Animal Kingdom or the Jaminators in Epcot. If you're looking for make, you know, make your list of everything that you have never seen, that you have never done. And a lot of those, I think, tend to be the activities that do force you to slow down or force you to, to look in things at Disney in a different way. So whether you plan, you know, you plan your your mornings, you pick out, you know, here's the top attractions we want to go to. And then in the afternoon, once it starts to be a little more crowded, you find, go start checking off those lists of things that you've never seen before. And maybe you'll find something new that you love that you'll be able to add into your days moving forward that is more of a, a low-key experience. And I think it's also one of those things that your kids will take, they'll take those memories away. You don't realize it now, but when they become 30 and 40 something year old women with their own podcast talking about Disney all the time, they'll be able to share and remember those experiences of playing uh, the sorcerer's uh, card game in Magic Kingdom with their family. Everybody can say how many times that they've ridden Space Mountain. And honestly, it's the same time. It's the same thing pretty much every time, right? But the jokes or the way you enjoyed this or the way you discovered this particular thing when you were playing this game in the parks. And there's all those scavenger. There's a couple of different scavenger hunts. I think Jane has a better list than I do. But there's a lot of different things that you can do that I think are actually going to be more impactful in the long run. Like your kids are going to remember that and they're going to remember those moments a lot more than rushing to stand in each line to ride another ride. So there are, in terms of scavenger hunts, and I'm going to then come back on the memories and that kind of thing. But in terms of scavenger hunts, there is the, Epcot has a scavenger hunt like every 
definitely for every festival. And I want to say for Flower and Garden, there's actually two. And these are like super easy. They're, you can buy the official board for them, which is like, I want to say it's like $7 or something. And you get a little board and there's something for you to look for in every country. So there's like a Remy one for food and wine. There's an Easter one for where you look for eggs. There's a Christmas one you're looking for ornaments. And it's just something that's a little distracting. It's great for little, little kids. But to be honest, I do them. I'm an adult. I have no kids. We just love to walk around and it forces you to look up, look at different areas and really stroll and kind of enjoy what's out there. Um, If that's not your thing, there's plenty of like scavenger hunts you can look for online that just give you different things to look for, um, whether it's hidden Mickey scavenger hunts, like things like that, or like different um, things to act out. We did that for somebody's birthday when we went. So there is so many ways that you can kind of experience the same experience, but do it a little bit differently. I said like, like Teresa said, do all new things. I've done it with the alphabet game where you have to do something, either find something or ride something like for every letter of the alphabet. Um, There's a whole bunch of ways to make it like a little bit fun and a little bit different. And I think those are things that like Patty was saying, it kind of brings a new twist to the vacation. So it'll keep it a little bit different also for your kids. And they will remember that like, hey, we went to Disney, but we did it a little different this time. And the other thing in the parks is tours. There are a ton of organized tours in these parks. And some of them are not really that expensive. There's a family magic tour at Magic Kingdom that is only a couple of hours. And I want to say it's like $35. They will take you on a guided tour. You'll get somebody from the park. They'll point out different details for you. Depending upon what the tour is, obviously, they'll have a specialty. There's behind-the-seeds tours in Epcot. Um, I absolutely love Marceline's Magic Kingdom. I can't say enough good things about that one. There's Keys to the Kingdom. There's really something for everyone. But if you find something that you say, hey, guys, we love animals, we want to go do the caring for giants tour in in animal kingdom which allows you to get up close with the elephants you can do that and you know what it blocks out that time it gives you a new experience and i just think it takes a different twist on the vacation so i highly recommend tours yeah i'll say with the tours um depending on the ages of your kids there are a few that do have age limits you you have to be over a certain age to attend yep um but again but depending on what what the age range is of your kids there are some other some other options that you know the older kids or younger kids can do different things uh there's the captain hooks pirates crew uh which is for kids ages four to twelve and that's in the evening i believe it's at the beach club resort um but it includes dinner and it just gives they get to go ride out on the water there's also some morning pirate adventure cruise that again these are just for kids so if you if you want to send your kids off to do something for a little bit of time and enjoy enjoy the park on your own or you know spend just spend some extra time sleeping because who doesn't love that (laughs) i said i think there's some other there's some other options for you to be able to kind of to split your time and i think especially when you do have these trips that are you're packing in so much sometimes what you need more than anything else is a break from each other (laughs) 
<laughs> I am all about the divide and conquer aspect of, of life and things, especially because our kids are a variety of ages. And then not only that variety of levels of thrill level interest, right? So that's another way is that you don't have to feel like you're go, 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 go all the time. If you are, like you said, you know, kind of willing to, to split things up a little bit. And that's also a chance if there are certain attractions that people, you know, if you go and you know, we have to ride this. This is this is Sammy's favorite ride. We have to make sure we can get on. But, you know, the some of the other kids aren't interested in that. You know, it, it can help you get done all the things you want to do. Again, choose for the morning or the afternoon, split up based on age group or interest and go go knock out the attractions that, you know, are high on your list you want to get done and then around lunch, come back together, make sure you're eating your meal together, and then you can spend spend a few hours doing things as a full family. I think especially because Disney's pushed so much, it's it's the family vacation. We do this together as a family. You you want to have all those memories, you want to be able to get all those pictures with everybody together. But you can still do that. You just keep in mind you don't have to do that for the full day. You can still make sure we're going to have our meals together and then kind of split off into different groups so that way we're able to to space out what we're doing. Everyone still gets to make sure they ride their favorite attraction, but we also aren't feeling, you know, we're not all getting cranky because we're doing things that we we don't want to do because somebody else wants to do it. I mean, as a parent, my obviously my husband and I, we have four kids, so it it's harder to have specific like one-on-one -on -one time with each kid. Uh, so that's also kind of a, a cheater's way to do that <laughs> is I will send the three older kids off with my husband to ride something that I know Lucy won't want to. And then she gets some little, you know, one-on-one -on -one mom time for two hours while we find things that she wants to do that the other kids are definitely aged out of and not into right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. If your budget is a little more flexible, there are added ways you can kind of build in that not necessarily relaxing time, but you can add these uh, special ticketed events. I think there's early morning magic, which lets you into Magic Kingdom. It's like an hour and a half before most guests. And because you're in there so early and a number of the, the fantasy land and big, you know, big attractions that when you think of Magic Kingdom, you're thinking of, you know, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you're thinking of Dumbo, you're thinking of Small World, thinking of Haunted Mansion. There's these attractions that most people do want to make sure they ride at some point during their day. If you do the early morning magic, it gives you a chance to do that with very minimal wait times. So that way you're, I think with so many, so many of these attractions, you, it feels like you're having to just push so much together is because you have to account for waiting in those lines, which we, we do not recommend doing on this podcast. And why is that, Jane? Because we try to stay Disney and don't do standby. <laughs> Absolutely. I think this is a great option, too. If, you, if you're planning a trip and you weren't able to get fast passes for some of these attractions where it's available, uh, it gives you a chance you can fit all of these attractions in in your first hour in the park, and then the rest of your day can be a little more relaxed. Tagging on to that, if you're not so much a morning person, and if you happen to be here during a time of year when some of the other options are offered, we highly recommend the after parties. So there's the after hours events. Um, this year they were doing the villains after hour events, which I know were highly rated. And I was looking forward to going to one maybe someday. Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. 
For those who don't know, this is my absolute favorite event of all time, ever, ever, ever. I That's the first I'm hearing about that. <laughs> Halloween 365, everyone. <laughs> Who would have guessed? I, I am totally shocked by this information. <laughs> that is brand new information. <laughs> um, there's also uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. But all of these um, after hours kind of parties, those particular ones are in Magic Kingdom. And they generally have pretty low wait times. And they also have like usually extra fun party specific either parades or fireworks or shows or there's always something special that's going on at them but it's a great way to get on a ton of attractions in a short amount of time the other thing um if you're going to look at some of the other parks i know um epcot if you're there for food and wine and you want to do you know sample tons of food and whatever there's seminars that you can do um where you can do cheese seminars and wine seminars and beer seminars and there's tons of food options if you're not um you know if you don't want to drink alcohol there's plenty of options that don't include that um i absolutely loved party for the senses it's a little bit of a splurge but that is such a great thing if you're coming for food and wine and you don't want to take you know two or three days walking around food and wine and trying everything party for the census is great you go it's one night there's plenty there that you can sample from all of the countries and the different chefs um and then just in the other festivals that they have there's art seminars during the festival of the arts there's gardening seminars during um the flower and garden festival and just really looking at some of those that can really kind of give you your fill of seeing or, or learning a little bit more about the parks or that particular festival or that focus without actually spending all day long doing it. So it's a great way to kind of bang that out and then save all your extra time to go do whatever the family wants to do. And I wanted to add on to the talking about specifically the the after hours, the Halloween party and the Christmas party. Uh, I think those are also really good if you decide to do a day dedicated to checking out the resorts because you 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 know you don't have to have a park ticket to go to those parties. The party ticket is separate, but you can get in as early as four o'clock in the afternoon and a lot of times they'll I mean they go pretty late into the evening so along with having the shorter wait times if you wanted to have a day where you were you were exploring resorts but you still wanted to get a little bit of park time in I think that's a, a great way of combining the two yeah that's a great tip I do want to shout out the Christmas party too because you get free cookies just, <laughs> if you, just if you all know, I I think it's an added benefit <laughs> You and Tanya. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm no no surprise here, but I'm partial to Halloween because of all the candy. <laughs> yeah, you do. You get candy, so yeah. So don't think that you know. There's there's great because you get to have there's special parades. You get these characters in unique costumes. If that's something that excites you, it's shorter wait times. But there's also some free food at these things. That's right. So it's a lot of sugar, but it's I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> Child at heart. <laughs> Now, I had to laugh. This is definitely a budget buster, but it's also a really solid tip. Uh, Chrissy from the Facebook group threw out and she said that she is partial to taking a cruise after a nonstop Disney Parks visit. All the magic, none of the stress. Guys, 
she is right on the button, right on the nose with this one. Uh, when, whenever you do talk yourself into taking a Disney cruise again, which honestly could be a couple of years from now, and I completely understand that. But when you do, it's eye-opening what a difference that vacation is versus a parks vacation. It's still all of the magic. You still have so many incredible Disney interactions and ambiance and things that you can only get in a Disney XYZ location, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I I don't I think it's pretty pretty much zero stress. At least that was my experience <laughs> the couple of times that I've been on these cruises. Uh, but it just made me laugh that she's like, oh, just take a cruise afterwards. That makes all the yeah. Yes, Chrissy. Okay, sure. <laughs> I love that tip. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so good. All right. All right. Well, these are all hopefully uh, at least a little bit of something there for, for you to, to pull on, Kelly. Hopefully there's something that you'll find that will work for you or your family that we could um, help help ease some of that commando, that feeling of, of doing things as a commando. I will say I love being a park commando. It is in my blood. I can't, I I will never wipe it out, but I definitely am the pretty much, well, Lucy will join me in being a commando, but everybody else is like, nope, Uh, they're over it. So we have over the years had to completely drastically uh, change our expectations and um, what we do. And honestly, if there's a late night option out there, those parties, those after hours events, that's something that our family would get way more benefit of than paying a full day park ticket, even if it's just a three hour uh, late night experience, because they don't want to get up in the early mornings to get it all done before all the crowds come. Right. So, but they'd stay up late. They're all, they're all night owls. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out what works for you and your family. Now, let us know if there are any questions or any follow-ups that we left out that we kind of glossed over, or maybe you want a little bit more information about that's what that Facebook group is about. If you have any other tips or um, any other suggestions for other podcasts that you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know. Um, You can join us in the Facebook group. That's no guilt Disney on Facebook. And they can also email us, right? (laughs) And you can email us at no guilt Disney pod at gmail.com. Twice in one episode. I'm so proud. Honestly, <laughs> for a second there, I almost stumbled over it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, mercy. And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye, y'all. Bye.